It is the Clubhouse and a podcast. Yes, uh, what we do is we get you as close as possible to the game in Zimbabwe, digesting some some of the stuff that's been happening. And there's a lot of cricket that's being played, okay? And then there is a lot of cricket that's coming. Uh, the first up is going to be the T20 World Cup that's coming up. And uh, so excited about that. Zimbabwe is going. And they've named their 15 uh, who are going to the World Cup. And, and I have a chat with uh, uh, Zimbabwean former first-class cricketer, uh, Darlington Matambanazo, is also play, still playing club cricket and also is a commentator. So he's a guy who knows quite a bit about cricket. So we couldn't have a chat, have a chat about um, the World Cup qu- uh, squad that's been chosen. And then uh, later on, we'll talk about the T- T10, the uh, club T10 tournament that's been taking place as well as uh, the women's uh, start in their quest for the T20 World Cup qualification. They just played the first match against, um, it was, who do they play against? I know that the second match is Thailand, the third one is United Arab Emirates, and the first one was against Papua New Guinea, which they won by eight wickets. So we're going to have a chat about that. Let's dive in. So I'm here with uh, Darlington Matambana as a first-class cricketer, commentator, still playing club cricket at the moment. Yes, uh, absolutely. I love that. I've been having a lot of fun. Uh, probably going to play another couple of seasons if my body allows me to. Yeah? yeah. You quite enjoy that, don't you? Yes, I do. I mean, it's, it's also... It's, it, the, it makes me feel youthful, in a sense, you know? Uh, because I think when I... I loved cricket from when I was a child, from when I was a boy, it was about maybe nine or ten when it became the sport, my favorite sport. And uh, it just takes me back to some of those discoveries I made by myself as a young man. And you feel revitalized every time I play. And also then like, seeing those discoveries, discoveries you play, you were the royal, right? That's so you also seeing that with young 19, 15, 16, 17 year olds coming through the system. Yeah, that's right. And, 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 and there's some things that I've, experiences I've seen and stuff that I, and it, it's sometimes I'm able to actually make a difference. Mm. And it's, um, it's always profoundly um, satisfying when you actually are able to make a difference. We'll talk about that when we talk about the T10 in the next, uh, next uh, part of this program. And uh, you've been commentating on that. So we're going to talk about the players who've done very well. But the big story, is the World Cup squad, and uh, for those that are at home, that are listening that have, do not know what the squad is, uh, before I go into the details, or we go into the details of what qualification is, implications, and so forth, the squad is Captain Craig Irvine, Ryan Bell, Regis Chakava, Tenei Shatara, Brad Evans, um, Luke Jongwe, Clive Madande, Wesley Matemere, Wellington Masakaza, Tony Munyonga, Blessing Mzarabani, Richard Garava, Sekanda Raza, Milton Shumba, and Sean Williams. The non-travelling reserves are Atanaka Shivanga, Innocent Kaya, Kevin Kasuza, Tadewa Naishimarmani, and Victor Nyaruchi. First thoughts? Well, it makes sense um, because we, we have to go back around about three months ago to, to, to see what T20, what the T20 stats locally in our local competition were. 
to see that that's basically what justifies that team. I think this is a process, a long-term process, because Zim Cricket have known that they were going to this World Cup, and they've been planning to planning and creating sort of plans to say how we're going to get through that first stage of qualification, and then play. How we how are we going to play once we've qualified? And so it's a long-term process, and I think that uh, that's the that's the result of that long-term planning process. I'm looking at it as well. I mean, look, uh, straight off the bat, I think the squad makes sense. Because over the last couple of months when we've played, uh, certainly without the likes of um, Craig, without, uh, at some parts, we didn't, a long part of it, we didn't have Chitara, Blessing Zarabani, Wilita uh, Masagaza, as well as Milton Shuma. We often say Zimbabwe is losing some of these matches because they don't have their best squad. Certainly against India, that was seeing that there were shortcomings over there. Uh, now you've, got, you've essentially got your, your main guys, your being available. Perhaps a question many people have been asking, Manu, do you think he should have perhaps been picked? And in, in place of who? Well, see for me, like, Marumani, right, is been smashing around something that's just slightly better than league cricket, okay? And as I said, like, three months ago, we had a T20 competition, and he was good in that, okay? And that justified the selection that got him to play in series against Bangladesh, trips to Australia and that sort of stuff, right? Uh, when he was, um, he wasn't automatically your, your first selection. And I think um, the other thing that we can't really, why I wouldn't make selection decisions on this recently completed T10, right, is because we are A, not really sure about the quality. It's, it's, it's experimental. So we're not really, you can't go and say, well, listen, some guy exceeded in this experimental thing. Let's go and take him to a T20 World Cup, which is now a very traditional format, and say, well, he's going to go and make the transition from that experimental shorter format and then be uh, do well in, that, uh, 20, in, in, in the more traditional game. Um, you know, because I think everything has a learning curve. But it doesn't take away the fact that he was outstanding in T20, in this T10, sorry. But I don't think he justified selection um, in the context of all the cricket that's been played since the domestic T Twenty completed, and then the international matches that he's been a part of. I suppose the other side of the argument I would say is, well, you know, other countries are going with none traveling uh, with traveling reserves, so some teams are going with eighteen players as opposed to Zimbabwe is going with fifteen, and these guys have none traveling reserves. Would you have rather say let's go with a traveling reserves? Maybe throw in a, a Marumani, uh, Nyahuchi, and uh, Chianga. I think most of those guys already have been to Australia, and I, I'm pretty certain that their visas from the last trip to Australia are still valid. No, but I'm saying if no, we get injured uh, today and no, we need you tomorrow. No, I, I understand. But like, if you you already got 15 players there, so um, if those 15 aren't going to get you through a crisis. Having 18 is not going to get you through a crisis either, either, you know what I mean? So my thinking is, uh, if there is a real crisis and you need to send a thing, a guy's going to be ready to play a cricket match in 48 hours, you know what I mean? From the time that that event that causes that crisis happens and the time you mobilise him and move him to Australia, it's going to be 48 hours. And then he's going to struggle for that first game, but if it's still a lot of games to play, then you know he's, he's going to make a contribution from that, from that perspective. Um, and then, you know, the other thing is this is, uh, to be quite frank, the guys who have, who afford traveling reserves, 18 players, or some guys have 20 players, whatever it is, right? Zim is not the biggest cricket union in the world. 
um, India can afford that because like, Indian cricket is the national sport in India. Uh, England can afford that, you know. Yeah, and they got lots of bucks. Eh? Yeah, they got lots of bucks. But like, so in given our basic infrastructure, institutional frameworks and stuff, it's it's the smartest decision to make. Take fifteen, have uh, eight, twenty, the other five guys waiting. Really, we I've seen them throughout the T10 competition. It's all been at Harry Sports Club. They've been at Harry Sports Club every day. And then practice sessions that have involved Tanaka Chiwanga, Victor Nyawuchi, uh, Marumani. I've seen them all in the nets consistently with the fitness trainer and I've seen Lance Cruz Cruiser there as well. So there's a process obviously that's including them within those plans for anything happens in Australia. Those guys have to be in Nick to arrive there. But what you can't do is really you can't afford to take three guys when the probability of them playing is near zero if you're if you've got a squad of uh, fifteen. Because when I'm looking at it um, if you look at it, let's look at up top because I know some people, going back to the Marumani question, we're going to go to the bowlers in just a bit. And some people are saying you should have gone in place of Clive Madande or maybe, you know, you know like, like risk him because Marumani has kept gloves. But I mean, with that, I say if you, there was a match this past week when I think uh, Richmond Tumbami pulled a cramp or something that was there and couldn't keep. They didn't use Marumani to keep because in the same side in Great Zimbabwe, they went for Chimbiri Nelson was on the bench to come and keep. So it means even within Great Zimbabwe and club cricket, they're not trusting him to with the gloves. And if he's not keeping gloves at domestic any domestic level, would you take the risk of playing him to keep gloves at a T20? Uh, you know, like my opinion is no, I wouldn't. And then my opinion is that there's generally three things that I'd look at if I was selecting a side. Uh, you're you need a wicketkeeper who's at a minimum level of competence, okay? And so at that minimum level of competence, I would say Clive Madande just slightly ahead of Nyasha Mayal, okay? Um, I would also go and say what you t- ideally want is like, w- because you're playing in an ecosystem where uh, other wicketkeeper batters around the world, right, are really good players. Okay, so Mohamed Rizwan, uh, Pakistan. Really good player. Richard Pant. Richard Kartik. Yeah, more really Kartik. De Kock. Quinton De Kock and uh, Alex Carey. Matthew Wade, even. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so what it is, is if you go and you take um, Clive Madanda as your number one wicketkeeper, you're, you've created a disadvantage for yourself. No, I wasn't looking at the, No, I'm just saying. I'm talking about the backup. Yeah, like, yeah, because he's your backup wicketkeeper. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then what you don't have is the other thing that you can't do is you can't have. A less than competent wicketkeeper, and I unfortunately I think Marumani is that. So you can't take Marumani as a backup wicketkeeper because he's less than competent. He's been given international matches. He played, I think, his first couple of international matches as a wicketkeeper, uh, and, and there were issues there. They were clearly there, it, 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 and there's video footage of that stuff. It's not me being like nasty or anything, you know. Um, and 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 I haven't seen any improvement because I've seen him in the outfield um, since then. At, all forms of cricket I've seen him play, and down to club, basic club cricket. Um, so I think that the realization is Marumani is never going to be a wicketkeeper. Uh, Clive Madani is going to be the is the best glove man around. Yeah, and, uh, and then his batting is is something has got. I think there's enough to work with. Yeah, there's enough good there. Um, I I had a, a conversation. Uh, I know Yasha Mayal personally, so I had a conversation with him was like because he didn't have a very good T10 competition, and I just asked him like, you know, you don't look mentally present. What's what's going on? You know what I mean? You know that you're not as far away from playing international cricket as 
it would seem right now. You know what I mean? Because you he's in my this is my opinion. I think he's one of the best government around. Yeah. You know, um, and and he can actually bat. You know. Because then then the conversation then has turned with some to say, well, why not have then why have Milton Shumba in there when you have the, instead of Marmani because Shumba just coming from injury and my. There are two things I picked about about the um, two things I would use uh, against that argument. For example, the fact that uh, Shuma can play from anywhere from three to six, yeah, and can bowl, and he has the fourth highest average by Zimbabwean in T20s ever. And then uh, I'm, I'm going to jump in there. Sorry, uh, just to add. Um, Shumba has actually won matches for Zimbabwean that, international that, level. That's the second part. Marumani hasn't. The, the, the know, second part I was going to go with, because yeah. and also he's got more shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then to add there that Marumani, the only four players he can he can compete for a position with right now are Craig Irvin, Regis Chakava, Wesley Madeira, and Sean Williams. Marumani. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. So who are those are you dropping? Uh, no, you can't. Like, like for me, you can't drop any any one of those. Uh, Although Regis is not really competing, so I think what, no, what we I saw mean, what what, I, by competing, I'm saying for for, for a slump. But what I saw, I'm saying top of the order. That's what I meant. Yeah, but what I, what I what I was going to suggest is I think that Regis is going to move further down the order what after that Bangladesh series. I I, I I I might be wrong, but my feeling is that he's probably going to be moving down more into the four, five, six range rather than uh, one, two, three range. I think Sean Williams is probably going to be three, and then but the, uh, but the the coach. Yeah. Um, Dave Houghton likes his left right left right combination. Mm. So if anything, many might put Wesley's opening to open, yeah. But, but I think that's that's something that's going that's probably likely is that because uh, Craig uh, could if you can bat three means you can open. So Craig can also can also be your your opening and opener number three. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we did see that during the Namibia series, you get to open. So, but then wouldn't then the add into that because it's, it's a twenty over format. Is it not like the one day format because you kind of see it uh, with Austria, the, the classic battles mm. where we can keep a batter. Rizwan, uh, not Rizwan, what's his name? Adam Gilchrist mm. would bat further down the order in a longer format, but in a shorter fo- format, there's no yeah. problem with him opening because you're still a bit fresh. Yeah, yeah. So, since Regis was successful in the qualifier and he was often the guy who was getting Zimbabwe to 60 for one by the end of power play or something of that nature, mm. wouldn't you be tempted um, to just stick with that? Because that's what worked in, in T20, the last time it worked. I know, but you see, the, 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 the interesting thing for me is that I think once you've gone through qualifier, what you've got is, the broadest, the, in the broadest sense, the quality of play is very different. Mm-hmm. Because Ireland is essentially a test nation. Mm-hmm. Preparation. Not, not just essential, they are. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, they, they, they're new, that's why I say essential. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You know, they're relatively new, but that's why I say essentially, that's why I use the qualification. Um, the, the quality of preparation and bowlers and, and, other, and other stuff. And they've got tech toes and big hitter as well. Yeah, where the West Indies are, are again, going to bring that kind of, oh, in my opinion, on any day, on some days, can be the best T20 team in the world. Mm-hmm. And Scotland are not bad. I mean, like, Zim has to go and beat Scotland and Ireland at a minimum to actually qualify. I think if I'm Zimbabwe, I should be actually be targeting a... I, I, would, I would want to beat the West Indies because 
but then the way, let's just look at the sequence of the games by the way mm. the first game is against um, on the 17th against uh, Ireland the second day game is against the West Indies mm. if you win the West Indies game right then Scotland isn't so much of a, of a slippery banana type of thing because if you lose the second one right the nerves of the third match against Scotland assuming you've, you've won against Ireland mm. then the nerves of the th third game you could lose that on the basis of fear of winning as opposed to to, to what you call it the fact that it's a it's, it's a slightly it's a, it's relatively weak, the weakest team in the, in the, in the league yeah I, no, definitely so it's, it's 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 not it's not going to be easy like a lot of people think we've qualified for the next round like for the you know super 12 mm. but i don't think it's going to be that easy because the other thing that you find is that uh, you go to Australia, you've prepared to go and play in Australia, all right? And then we, we have these weird weather phenomenon, phenomena, whatever, and you arrive there and suddenly you, on, on the day you get to the ground is this wicket that just suits the Irish conditions. Yeah. Conditions, because Ireland play in certain conditions, it's very different to what we play in here. And, and these things happen even at World Cups, you know what I mean? So it's, it's or even Scotland, suddenly on that day, Scotland get, or Scotland get two days of, of these conditions. And then they have two days of conditions. One day they have New Zimbabwe, and then the next day they have the West Indies win those two games. And before you know it, Scotland is actually ahead of uh, the West Indies and Zimbabwe. I mean, things like that have happened in World Cups before. So when, when I look at it, it's a lot harder than you think because uh, it's, it's the, the whole pressure of uh, it's not a series where you have like three games to decide the other series. It's you've got to win each game, every, you know, every single one, the one game. That counts as the one you've got to win, um, and that's how you get through into the next round. And, and, and you can have a bad day, you know what I mean? It's possible to have a bad day, or someone comes in as a freakishly good day and, freakishly gets, good day, and they, ends up scoring a hundred or something. Yeah, I, I mean, like guys like Val Burney, mm -hmm. I think he, he should be the Irish captain at the moment. I'm not mm -hmm. sure, he's a good player, like a really good player, you know. Brilliant player. Yeah, and, 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 and I, always, like I always speak about the big hitting of Tech Chap, for example. Yeah, yeah, Tech Chap, so brilliant. If, if you get a guy like that, have a good day. All right, um, he can have, take a totally take a game away from you, and then uh, West Indies have got like this amazing depth. Um, again, they have, you have a thing, then you've, you've suddenly lost two games. The suddenly you're, you're you're packing your bags and go home. Yeah, so it's so a bit more complicated. I was going to say, let's talk about the the bowling aspect. Mm. Um, I mean, if you look at the, the squad. The bar two players, the rest are players who were at the qualifier in Bulawayo. So, Chiranga was one of the 15, as was Tony Minyonga. Mm. And they have had their positions taken by um, the find of the winter, that is a Brad Evans, mm -hmm. and the other one being, uh, yeah, no, no, and Kaye as the other one who misses out, because yeah. he was in the squad. But, so, now I want to talk about the bowling. You've got Blessing and Tendai Chitaro are coming from injury. Mm. Uh, and then you've got... Uh, who do you start with? Because Brad Evans, albeit his best stats are in ODIs mm -hmm. uh, since he's come in. Would you take the risk with him? Uh, Ngarava has been brilliant, so he's probably going to keep a spot on the team. Mm -hmm. If you're going with three seamers, that is, that is you going with... They're saying, uh, traditionally, if they want injuries, just go probably Blessing, Blessing, Richard, and, and, and Chatara. 
with uh, Luke Jongwe as sort of number eight all-rounder. Like, so would you then say, mm, maybe not put two guys who are both coming from injury and then go with Brad Evans instead? See, for me, the interesting thing is, like, Brad Evans is going there, right? He's, so he's already part of the squad. It's un- unlikely, because the other thing we know is today, Chattano has done this before, mm-hmm. come back from injury, performed well, gotten re-injured, okay? But what he did do is the last time he got, he came back from injury, he actually finished his series, okay? And then got re-injured. Um, so he understands his body. I think he understands his body because he's been around. Um, and then Blessing Zarabani has done that as well. He's, he's, he had a stress fracture of the back and came back from that. And stress fractures of the back, at least during my playing time, very few guys actually came back from that because you have to be quite a determined athlete. Um, and you have to really be disciplined about how you work out and look after yourself and, and, and then um, rehab, rehab, you have to do a lot of rehabilitation on your action and stuff. So there's something about those two guys historically that suggests that they can come back from whatever it is that they've had, the problems they've had up, to, up until now. And then the other thing is this is if you've got Brad Evans um, and uh, Richard Ngarawa, and one of those two, you've actually got quite a good bowling side. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, or if you've got those three and Brad Evans is sitting on the bench, you've actually got quite a good bowling side. So, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not particularly worried. I don't think injury is going to be an issue because uh, also, Dave Houghton is staking his reputation on this. And also, he looks like a conservative. He's a bit conservative when it comes to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he could have played Blessing in... In, in Australia, Australia. Yeah. but he said no we've often brought these guys early mm. and then something goes wrong and once the series had gone there was no point in playing him you know risking him once they'd lost that series in Australia it was a series they expected to lose anyway so um, you know so for me I, I just I, I, I don't think because his, re- his reputation is, is on the line mm. I mean there's there's a minimum expectation he's given us about mm. winning at least a couple of games there mm. you know what I mean and then the Super 12 looks after itself. So I don't. Th- I think that this they've, they've done their work and their research and their, and their homework and then they've said that the probabilities that this this decision is going to backfire them are, on them are low enough that they're willing to, to, to go with those bonus. You know? so, the, so with, um, well, Zimbabwe haven't announced it, but Somerset announced that Steve Kirby is going to come and become the lead bowling coach in Zimbabwe mm. um, the, at the end of the season the season for Somerset ends in, at the end of s- September which means he's available just before the World Cup mm. so you're saying there's enough with him in there from the firepower to work with um, or you think it's a bit too late for him to have an effect right now if he, uh, if he travels with the team well I think a good coach will always have effect mm-hmm. you know what I mean like a good coach will always because what it is a lot of the the, the, the times I think once you've because by the time they've uh, arrived they arrive in Australia there shouldn't be any real like technical physical issues it, it's going to be some mental issues that you've got to uh, work out and then maybe just like stuff like s- often bowling is about bowling the right lengths as the, 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 the game progresses being able to change your links and lines correctly, you know what I mean? Getting the timing, understanding behind those sort of things, right? And these are very much, much finer points that a coach can do. That's that's his job. He understands that more clearly than I do, you know what I mean? Mm. And and then he, it's his job to get his bowlers to work through those plays of patterns, uh, patterns of play, sorry, correctly. 
Um, and, and he can be useful. Because I've also heard very, very good things about him as a bowling coach. You know, because when I saw the, I think when we saw the same article or set of articles mm -hmm. that said he was coming out, I just went and checked out who he is. Mm -hmm. And I've heard some good, really, really good information about out there about him as a bowling coach. But the big, the big, big effect for me though, uh, that many people don't talk about, is the effect that Zulu has had on these guys. Because you can see there's a lot more confidence in their battings. Certainly the, mo the biggest expression of that confidence is Raza, mm. who, congratulations to him, became the first Zimbabwean to win the ICC Player of the Month. Mm. Uh, three, three centuries in one month. I don't know when last we had a Zimbabwean score three ODI centuries in the same month. Mm. But you can actually even see the way Richard Ngarab, I had a conversation with him recently, um, I did an interview for Three Mark TV, says he is working to becoming an all-rounder. That, that sort of confidence that I can actually hit the ball, no matter where I am down the order, that's the sort of thing you want to have, isn't it? I mean, ultimately you want your, your, your batters to be the one that win the match. You, you shouldn't only have a situation where you say, well, Ngara was, was there, you should need a seven or three balls, and you didn't get it, and you're blaming him for not winning it. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, but you do want your batters to, to win matches, but um, I think if you have a resource base like we do, Right. And Richard Ngarawa has clearly done extra work to get his batting game in a certain direction. And what we haven't seen, I'm actually thinking that his bowling is improving with his batting. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not actually getting worse so that he gets another aspect of his cricket any better. I, I think most coaches would actually allow that. You know what I mean? Because what you're going to do is, uh, he's got to understand that, yeah, you're still going to be batting 9 or 10, 8, yeah. 9 or 10, but whatever runs you get, Bonuses back there, good on you, you know what I mean? Unless he becomes incredible and starts hitting 50s. Yeah, like, that's right. Yeah, let's try your yeah. number seven. So, yeah, yeah. And, and then what, what that will do is, is again, it just it, yeah, gives you um, a lot of depth and ability to actually experiment and try different things if you've got batters coming through like that. Um, so, yeah, I, like I, I said, I, I really encourage it. I, personally, I think there's a lot of uh, work. Because I think what, what's going to happen is the analysis is better the higher up he goes. Mm. Um, and so you'll find that as he goes higher up, the more he plays consistently, he plays uh, at a higher level. Like T20 World Cup, and the analysis is better. And then the ability to execute plans is going to be much, much better than mm. it was here at T10. I think Bangladesh were caught by surprise. And uh, India was caught by surprise. Yeah, so it's so already got Finch out three times. Yeah, that's right. So it's, it's those, those sort of things that, but I, and now they they be like, okay, well, Zimbabwe can actually be a serious side because remember we just won a game in Townsville. So people are going to take us a lot more seriously. Take the analytics they do about us a little bit more seriously. Mm. So it's going to be a little bit harder, I think, in the future. Yeah. So, but I, I do want to say for those guys who haven't been chosen, I think everybody forgets that there is a bucket load of cricket from November all the way until the qualifier next year. Mm -hmm. So there will be ample opportunity. And there has been a bucket load of cricket before this. I mean, like, so for me, um, has played quite a lot of cricket. You know what I mean? In the lead up to his being dropped for this um, T20s um, tour. He's played quite a lot of cricket. I mean, in, in effect, mm -hmm. if, if it's a good thing because if Ngarara, Chatara and so forth they've not gotten injured mm. then they would be playing most of these matches mm, mm. and he wouldn't get a chance but it shows that Zimbabwe as opposed to before actually has a strong, stronger bench 
I wouldn't say it's as strong as you, as you want it to be, yeah. but you've now got a stronger bench. Yeah, and then, and then you know what I also liked is, um, like, I hear that there's a Pakistan tour coming. Mm -hmm. I haven't had confirmation dates and stuff like that, mm -hmm. an A-side tour. Mm -hmm. So those guys, we yeah, those, yeah that, that's, they're, 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 those are generally the guys who make up the bulk of your A-sides, is those guys who didn't make go on national team tour. So that's a good thing, because Pakistan also aren't going to send like a soft A side, they're going to send you probably a good side, a really good side, guys who they really think they should be investing money in and, and have a future as Pakistani cricketers. So I think that will be testing for them because what is happening now is uh, Taraka Chiwanga, India series, was allowed to be the leader in a, like the frontline bowler and he didn't come through the way he should have. Brad Evans came through slightly better. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's at root those are the sort of decisions that drive the selection that he gets left behind and Brad gets to go there because ultimately you've got to be you got to take wickets and one of the things that Zimbabwe often times have been at fault for is not completing the jobs when it comes to taking wickets because mm -hmm. you look at bowling out Australia for 141 you can't forget about that yeah, yeah. like this is in Australia by the way mm -hmm. um, and then I'll also add very importantly is the, the, the fact that now with the league season starting on the 1st of uh, October, uh, before we've had the, the domestic uh, league season starting in November, sometimes even December, that means by the time you've got Afghanistan coming in uh, after the World Cup, you've got, you've got guys who've been playing cricket for quite a while, mm -hmm. and you've now got more people to choose so from, a guy like Kevin Custis that can find form, and you know, different guys can find find form back home. You've got an opportunity. Yeah. No. I mean, like for me, I'm just you mentioned. You, while you're right, you mentioned Kevin Kasuza. He was so absent, like T10. emotionally in the T10. I mean, it was like we have an expression: lights are on, but nobody's home. Uh -huh. Yeah, he was there, but like he wasn't there. He just wasn't. He didn't look for me bothered. You know what I mean? And it's a it's a, it's a real pity because often when you've been dropped, when because my understanding is that guys already knew before this T10 Always started who was going and who wasn't. It just hadn't been announced to the public. And so he already knew. Marumani knew, okay? But he, went and, but he went and took it in a very different way to the way that Kevin Kasusa took it, to the way that Innocent Kahir took it. You know what I mean? Because Innocent Kahir was another one who was largely absent. You know, it reminds me of when, uh, I think, just 2018, uh, tour of Bangladesh mm. Craig gets dropped for the second test after one the first one mm. you see him his attitude he was running on t as a 12th man mm. this is Craig Irvine one of your senior batters mm. the best number three Zimbabwe has had the, certainly of his generation mm. he's running he's giving um, guys water and so forth humbled himself mm. came back to domestic Absolutely pulverized domestic. Mm -hmm. Top scorer in the Pro 50, the Logan Cup, and the T20 tournament. Couldn't drop him for 2019. I think when I think it was Sri Lanka or somebody came in, mm -hmm. and, and no, it was Afghanistan or something the next tour. The next tour you yeah. couldn't drop him yeah, because no. he came in and said, Look, this is what you're missing. No, no. Keep no. me in mind. No, I know. And, and, and so for me, as I said to you, like, I, I really think there's, there's something inevitable about Maromani. Okay, because what it is is, every time I see him, he's doing something, he's working on his game. Like, I bump into him quite a lot, mm. okay, 
and he's always like hitting balls. He's doing, he's fielding, he's doing something to try and get himself, uh, you know, game time. Like a lot of guys, uh, I've seen a lot of national team players sometimes don't turn up for just club matches. Um, apparently, he didn't miss a single one for uh, Royal, not Royal Cricket Club, for Uprising. He's playing for, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and you know, like when you see stuff like that, that just makes him for me profoundly likable from mm-hmm. a cricket perspective. And then uh, you also find that guys who go and give the little bit of extra, always the guys who I've exceed against expectations, succeed, and then exceed against expectations, are the guys who are putting in extra work all the time. Uh, unfortunately, I've been, I've been I'm old enough to actually see I've seen that in a, a few few times. There's something about Mumbai that's inevitable. You might not be much of an international cricket, see much of an international cricket for the next eighteen months, but I get the impression that every time there's an opportunity to give him something, to give him game time, there's a move or belief or system in the thing that says, okay, we've played two two matches this season, let's give Mumbai uh, a go. We've had a couple of games. Let's give Tony a go. You know what I mean? Um, and, and and what it is is it just keeps these guys understanding that they have to keep developing as cricketers. And given that there's pretty much an ICC event every year until twenty twenty seven, there's opportunities, yeah. ample opportunity yeah. for him him to play. I think he's got himself a chance of getting into the ODI squad next year. Uh, he's certainly absolutely. excelled at ODI more than any other format yeah. since he came into 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 the national setup. So we're going to take a break now. Uh, we come back and we'll talk about the just edit T ten and the women's match uh, from this afternoon. Cool. Welcome back to the second part of the uh, Clubhouse End podcast and uh, after talking about the World uh, Cup team, uh, the T20 World Cup qualifier women on, uh, picked up a big victory today, eight wicket victory, uh, the star batter and bowler being uh, Kelly Lovu, the 16 year old, took three for 18 and then she made 25, three for 18 from four overs. And then we had two for nine from uh, Princess Marangano, two for, two, two for ten. Nomvelo Savanda took for, two for nine in her three overs. Pretty impressive, isn't it? Yeah, she's been very good. Uh, I've been really impressed by what I've seen by Kelly Singlovo in particular. Also because she's so young. She's just 16. Um, and looks like a really good one for the long future of Zim Cricket. And I look at it and I also look at it. Everybody talks a lot about the players, but the effect of Gary Brent on that side, they seem so disciplined. Well, I know, like I grew up with Gary, played cricket, a lot of cricket with him. Really intense individual, um, really, really likes to win and uh, really, really likes to work hard. You know what I mean? He's one of the, so he's going to bring that sort of element of his character is going to dominate uh, um, that uh, whatever team he's in charge of. And then also, of course, uh, Sean Myers she's getting back to her form the kind of form we knew of her before she went uh, to the um, to, went down to South Africa for a couple of years and started pursuing hockey and domestic cricket there she's showing the quality that Zimbabwe had missed for a while yeah and, and, I, and I think probably that little break was good for her as well because uh, cricket and hockey actually complement each other quite nicely uh, so she's in good shape she looks like she's really fit and she's been playing a high standard of cricket and also quite enjoy, of course, the the bully of them all. Um, that is, uh, the, the former captain, uh, 
She probably get it to the panel. Oh yes. Um, yeah. She got a quick twenty today. Yeah. Again, a really good player. So you know, what it is is that the women's side is looking very nicely rounded. Like they've got a, a bit of everything: left arm, right arm, spin and see and quite and quick batters. You can bat basically all the way down. Uh, so I think it's a really really good unit. So they've just dismissed the Papua New Guinea. They should be expected to beat Papua New Guinea, to be honest. Correct? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely, yeah. And they're now looking at they're going to play Thailand. They beat Thailand in a warm-up match, but this is a different kettle of fish where their points at stake. So I think they might be a little bit need to be more careful. But I think they're a bit more street smart than when they played Thailand a year ago. That's right, because Thailand were here and they had a round of matches at Takashinga. Uh, and I think Thailand won that 3-2. Um, exactly, I think the difference was it wasn't actually talent, it was just an understanding, match awareness or street smarts. Uh, Thailand got the right decisions when it was, uh, when the pressure was on at turning points in matches and Zimbabwe made a few of the wrong, wrong ones, so that was the difference then. But I think uh, there's been a lot more cricket, the girls have played a lot more cricket and have uh, travelled, they've actually travelled extensively since that uh, series against Thailand. And then uh, the final match on Wednesday is against, I think, the United Arab Emirates. So they, everything going going well. It should be nine points and through to the next round. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I think they should uh, win those uh, those three games. And again, it's because I think it's a, a rounded team. Uh, everybody seems to be in quite good form, and uh, a lot of the key players are playing well. Yeah. So getting back to that, one by eight wickets today. But uh, another win today was a 17-run win in the final for Great Zimbabwe Patriots. This is a tournament that you had a keen eye on, uh, not only out of interest, but you were one of the commentators. Yes, I was. And uh, what, what I liked about it, it's, uh, it, 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 it rewarded preparation. You find that I think Great Zimbabwe as a unit were really, really well prepared. Um, and Tadiwa Nashimarumani has been playing a lot of cricket recently, so uh, he was also in the form of his life. And I think he really understood that uh, he could get, how much he could actually get away with, um, and he he played some really outrageous cricket throughout. Um, and, and then for me, another one I've played a little bit of cricket with Costa Jo. Uh, I was really impressed by his maturity because uh, I played club cricket with him, and we've been looking for a leader for Royal, at Royal Cricket Club for a long time, and no one had actually considered uh, Costa Jo until now. I mean, I, he was really good out there, made a lot of the right decisions. Um, calm head um, and then the other thing for me was Sydney Rubel was outstanding like he's, he looks like he could really be one for the future also so great to see some of the guys like um, I'd say uh, Carlo um, that is Shingim Sakadza getting runs uh, getting run, not just getting runs but also leading from the front being competitive uh, taking the most wickets in the tournament meaning they t do take this seriously it's not it's not just a runabout no of course I mean it, it is and, and and I think if this thing is handled this uh, the T10 concept is handled properly over the next four or five years it could grow into something it's got this possibility of growing into a real monster because the, the cricket is exciting and it's uh, short enough that you can actually f slot it into um, interesting time frames just one game after work, midweek, something like that. You can come and watch something like that. Um, take a long lunch, come and watch some cricket, do business while you're at the cricket, and, and it's it's wonderfully like well made in that in that in that sort of way. Um, and so I then think, that means that we should be calling for the lights, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was going to say that is that like particularly if you could get uh, consistently uh, maybe one or two games after the dark, 
during the week and then uh, longer play during the, the weekends. I think that could be very, very good for the game. And it, it, it creates an atmosphere. Um, play when uh, cricket under lights feels so, so different to cricket uh, out in the sunshine. It creates a very different kind of atmosphere, which I think would actually be really, really good for the format. Someone who not many people are going to talk about when it comes to the final is Richmond Mutumbabu. He's just been the rock in the front there. Second highest scorer uh, in the tournament with 290 just behind uh, um, Marumani. Uh, eclipsed Sikanda Raza, who had been flying uh, until then. But he's, he's come in good, isn't he? No, he has. He has. And, and, and what he's, uh, he's uh, really done is he's staked a claim to be reconsidered in the future. Uh, there, there are, there's still quite a lot of cricket to be played into this year and into sort of April next year, national side cricket. And he's really started to state a claim for to be included in that for me. Uh, just the form and the way he's gone about making his runs. Um, really, really responsible and consistent. And I hope that that form leads into uh, Logan Cup, four-day and uh, 50 overs and 20 overs cricket subsequent to now. And then looking at that, uh, the fact that he came up at the top, this gives him, gives him an opportunity to hit it very well and make a lot of runs as well. Yeah, and I also think that it, it, it creates this interesting thing is globally, like in world cricket, we see a lot of wicketkeeper batsmen opening the batting. Uh, it's a skill that can be learned. Okay, and so what he's clearly done is he's made a lot of effort to actually learn those skills, and I think it, it can only be good for him. And then now going to some of the players that I think to watch out for. Really made uh, talked about Sydney, uh, uh, Sydney, mm. <laughs> Rombo and Costa Joe. Mm. Another fortune player. He's got something in there as far as bowling. Oh, definitely. Um, and, and 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 what it is is just fine tuning. There's a little fine tuning that's required. Um, I also liked Macheka, uh, who played for Lions, I think he was. Kudakwashi uh, Macheka. Um, got some real pace. And, and for me, they both exude the, the desire to bowl really quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, I, and I think that that is something that you can actually really work with and develop. And then all you've got to do is just, for both of them, you've got to tidy up their me- mechanics, the actual bowling action part. Get more like cleaner. Life, get it cleaner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the understanding comes with uh, playing more games as long as they can find some cricket to play consistently I think they'll be, they'll be really really good Wayne James is kid former wicket keeper for Zimbabwe Wayne James and Bassman uh, and also co- was one of the selectors or coached Tuskers I think That's fantastic. Um, his son Brandon James has got quite an interesting accuracy about him of the two matches that I watched him yeah but you know what I, for me what has really impressed me what really impressed me was his batting because I think he's uh, um, didn't really get a chances up front, and then he got a couple of chances towards the end of the competition and uh, hits the ball cleanly. Um, and again, there's a calmness about him um, under pressure. A couple of times that he did play, that just suggested there's something that you can really work with there. But again, I think he's just got to go out there and keep making runs wherever it is that you find yourself. He's just got to go make runs, whether it's like league cricket in Bulawayo. Can find some, you know, something else to play if you can get into the Tuskers setup and stuff, and just he's just got to continue to make runs. Big disappointment for me was the was the fielding, a lot of drop catches though. Yeah, I know, but like also the other thing is this is uh, you just go and you look at. Uh, unfortunately, generally the people who are guilty of dropping the majority of the drop catches were club cricketers. 
Okay, most of the professional cricketers took took the bulk of their catches. Uh, it's worrisome that Brad Evans dropped today, two today. Yeah, real worry. Um, it was also worrisome that Kevin Kasuza dropped some catches, important catches. Marumani dropped a couple. Marumani dropped. Yeah, but like generally, you find that catch. there's a big difference between the guys who are professional cricketers and the club cricketers who are semi-professional or um, social cricketers. Okay. Could it be also a sense of maybe some of it is pre-season? Because this is, this is essentially a pre-season tournament. Yeah, I, I, yeah, but again, you see, the, the, there's a difference. Is professional cricketers don't really have seasons. They play all year mm. round. Um, hobby cricketers like myself, I'm only going to start training now. I haven't been training since uh, the last my last match about six weeks ago. So uh, most hobby cricketers are the same. Is they only train when there's actually matches in the foreseeable future. Um, and th- I think that would that showed out there that a couple of the guys just aren't of the same standard. They have the talent, but it's the preparation side of their games that was a little bit lacking. So some fun uh, trivia: the first five-four, Sidney Mirombo. Uh, the first fifty uh, came from Marumani, and the top five scores for the tournament all from Great Zimbabwe. A couple of 130s and a couple of 120s. Oh, right. Okay. I was thinking individual scores. Yes, you're right. Because I think four of the top individual scores are from Great Zimbabwe and Skandaraza has one in there. Uh, Individual batters. The top top five team scores are Great Zimbabwe. Absolutely right. And then uh, finally, it was great to see even guys like Hamilton Masakaza getting in there. And um, I had uh, Alton Shigumbara. Chamuchi Baba was also yes. around. And that great. sort of like, I think, gives the opportunity to sort of give back to the players and, you know, the young players. You know, the like game management and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, so for me, I think the, 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 there's a lot you actually learn by how senior players conduct themselves on the field. Um, so what you'll notice is often uh, senior players aren't flustered when the game, you know, because everybody can tell when turning matches, turning points in a match are going to happen, right? And you'll generally find that inexperienced players are flustered at that point in the game. And then experienced players, because they're slightly more aware, know, okay, this is where it happens. So I've got to really, really focus in and get it right. And you notice this when you're on a field with someone, uh, when you're having conversations as you pass each other between overs. And, and, and you pick up a lot just by being on the field with experienced players who understand where the, game the cycle of a match a game actually is. So that will call what many would call elite mentality. Uh, well, I don't know, like game awareness, uh, yeah. game awareness, yeah. yeah, game awareness. It's, it's understanding where the game is, how the game is, where the game is, all right, because every game of cricket has its phases and often I think clusters of wickets fall, fall around the changes in phases, if you, if, if you understand what I'm saying. is, um, And so I think the very, very elite players have a clearer understanding of, of those phases the very elite players also have an understanding of actually this is where I should start taking risks or avoid taking risks and that sort of stuff and um, you learn that by actually playing with other elite players it's um, it's it's inefficient and inefficient the most inefficient way to learn is by yourself mm. uh, through trial and error okay it's the most effective way in the long run but it also helps to have mentorship in anything that you do
Uh, thank you so much, Dali Tamatabada. So we're having a chat uh, closer to the World Cup and during the World Cup, but I uh, appreciate the chat. No, thank you. I always like having conversations about cricket with you. <laughs> All the so best. So look forward to those chats. And then also there's domestic, so that's also fun to watch. I'll be, you'll be playing for Royal this year, won't you? Yes, I will be playing for Royal. Uh, and you'll be, will there be a new captain or are you holding on to well, that for I'm, a bit? I, I, I shouldn't have said this, but I really like Costa Joe as, as an option, but uh, and I'm going to put his name forward as, as, as an option. Um, and see what happens. Okay, all the best. All right, thanks, Larry. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, that was fun. Uh, so uh, just make sure you subscribe to the Clubhouse End podcast on whatever podcast is available on Spotify, it's available on um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever podcatcher you have, just subscribe. And every time we have a new episode, it's going to be out. I'm going to have uh, Darlington on an uh, episode in a couple of days or weeks you know we're going to talk as you get closer to the world cup and also the domestic uh, uh season in zimbabwe starting on the first of october so there's a lot of cricket that's coming so we're getting closer and closer to the game in zimbabwe my name is larry kwiririai uh do get in touch on twitter at kwiririai with a yi at the end and also on instagram larry kwiririai has got a yi at the end uh, otherwise, email Larry at 3-mob.com. Take care of yourself and the people that you love. As I say, from where I come from, I'll see Luisa Sivenza. Take care of yourself. This week's episode has come to an end. But the fun doesn't have to stop here. If you have any questions, suggestions or feedback, head over right now to Twitter and Facebook and like, share and get involved. Join us next time.